And we are in the second week of our sermon series that we're calling Relational Vampires, all right? And so one of the defining characteristics of a vampire is that they do what? Suck people's blood. That's right. They suck your blood. So relational vampires, what we're doing at in this series is we're looking at different kinds of people who suck the life out of us relationally. So last week, Pastor Stefan kicked off the sermon series, and he talked to you guys about controlling people. He gave, uh, he talked to you guys about the story in the Bible where Peter actually tried to control Jesus, and of course that didn't end well for Peter. And so he gave us some practical tips on how to um, deal and love with controlling people in our lives. Next week, and actually I do got to give a quick shout out because we have Pastor Daniel with us in the house. And he just got married. And his bride is right there as well. Abraham P.M. Aaron Ridore. They are in the house. So they, they joined us on their honeymoon. How nice of them. So... So anyway, he will be in the pulpit next week, closing out the series, and he's going to be talking about how to love and appropriately deal with needy people, the needy people in our lives. So you guys don't want to miss it. It is going to be phenomenal. So that brings us to this week, and tonight we are going to be talking about the relational vampire of critical people. How many of you guys know a critical person, have a critical person in your life. There you go, I see those hands, all right? So maybe in your life, I don't know, maybe it's a teacher, and they just, for whatever reason, they criticize you all the time. Maybe it's your parents, and they criticize you every time you turn around. At least that's the way that it feels to you. I'm sure that's not the case. But maybe you have a friend, and they've appointed themselves the judge of everyone and everything, and they just judge, and they're critical all the time. How do we deal with and love those people who are very critical in our lives? There's a quote that's attributed to the Greek philosopher Aristotle, and that quote says, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, be nothing. Well, I don't want to criticize this quote, but if you and I were to do this, if we were to do nothing, say nothing, be nothing, I think that it's very likely that somebody would criticize us for being a lazy bum. Isn't that right, John? So the point being, no matter what we... No, I'm not calling out John. You guys take it all wrong. John was with me. He was in the zone, in the moment. Anyway, all right. So no matter what we do, all of us, we are going to deal with criticism. It is unavoidable. And this is even more true for us as Christians because our values are in direct opposition to the world's values. So eventually that's going to lead people in the world to criticize us because we're just different. We're different than the world. So, and also, if we don't know how to appropriately deal with this, this has the potential to destroy our relationships with the critical people in our lives. So, how do we do this? Well, tonight I'm going to give you all four thoughts on how to respond to critical People. So how should we respond to critical people? Thought number one is often don't respond. Just because someone criticizes you does not mean that you have to respond. All right, let's give it up for our actors. Woo! So in the skit, so Devontae, he's being way critical of Shannon's sock shoes. All right, and so instead of 
her getting all worked up about it and, you know, being nasty and retaliating and everything like that, she's just like, you know what? I'm not even going to deal with this. I am going to not respond. And this is actually what Proverbs 19.11 teaches us to do, one place in Scripture. And it says, if we can get it up there for them. There we go. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Now, the key word in this verse is overlook. Now, overlooking isn't pretending that it didn't happen. It is actually a form of forgiveness, but it isn't past tense. It's present tense. It's real time. So, in other words, you recognize that what someone did to you is wrong, but instead of, again, retaliating, getting angry, responding, escalating the situation, you choose instead to forgive, to overlook the offense. Now, I feel that this is both the easiest and the hardest of the four responses I'm going to give you all tonight. I feel like it's the hardest one because the times when we should not respond and not engage with the criticism are the times when we most want to. So we have to use self-control and say, okay, I'm not going to get into this. I'm just going to not respond. But I feel like on the flip side, it's the easiest of the four responses because it doesn't involve any type of confrontation. So all the people who are like anti-conflict love this one because just don't have to do anything. <laughs> so how should we respond to critical people? Often don't respond to critical people and instead overlook the offense. Second thought for tonight on how that we should respond to critical people is sometimes respond carefully. Now notice here that I didn't say react because reacting and responding are two very different things. Reacting is when you are led by your emotions. Responding is when you are led by the Spirit. Uh, a great example of responding carefully from the Old Testament is the story of Gideon. Gideon was a, a judge of Israel. He uh, delivered the Israelites from the Midianites. And it's found in Judges chapter 8, part of the story. And we're going to look at just a few verses on, um, on Gideon. So it says, Now the Ephraimites asked Gideon, Why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they challenged him vigorously. But what did Gideon do? He didn't react or get hostile. Verse 2 says, But he answered them. He gave a clear, spirit-led, careful response. And we see the result of this in verse 3, which says, At this their resentment against him subsided. So there are times where a careful response will give a critical person the understanding that they need to see why you did what you did. Sometimes giving a critical person Sometimes giving them the context can counter their criticism just like it did for Gideon. So when your parents or your teacher or your friend, they're lighting you up with criticism, what do you do? You respond carefully. And just a tip, in order to help you respond carefully, sometimes that means you also need to wait to respond. Because when emotions are high, wisdom is real low. So wait to respond. You need to think things over before you send that text or before you write that post and put it on social media. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want to respond, not react. 
And when you have someone in your life, uh, also food for thought here, when you have someone in your life who's extremely critical, remember that oftentimes their criticism really isn't, at the end of the day, about you. Often it's the result of an unresolved hurt that they're dealing with in their own lives. We need to remember behind every anger is a hurt. Remember this when you're dealing with critical people so that you can have compassion on them like Jesus. So you can love them through their wound instead of taking it personally. Amen? So how do we respond when people are critical? Often, don't respond. Sometimes, respond carefully. And third thought from tonight, occasionally, listen and make a change. We need to recognize that we can learn from someone who's a harsh critic, and we can also learn from someone who's a loving, constructive critic who has our best interests at heart. We can learn from both of these types of people. Can, can I get in your business for, for just a minute? Is that cool with you guys? Junior high said it was cool. I heard a no. I'm going to do it anyway. All right. So I asked. So sometimes the people that are hard on you, that are critical of you, are right. And they're being hard on you because you won't listen. If everyone tells you that you have a problem, chances are pretty good that you have a problem. Right? If you're parents or your friends or your leaders, they all think you're dating someone that isn't right for you, maybe, just maybe, is because you're dating someone that isn't right for you. And you need to do the hard thing and break up with them, all right? If your parents are constantly telling you that you don't listen or you have a bad attitude or fill in the blank, whatever it is for you, they're constantly telling you this, chances are really good that you're guilty of doing whatever that is, even though you may not see it. <laughs> Woo! Let's give it up for our actors one more time. They did such a good job. So in our skit, Devontae, he's, been, he's told Shannon before, look, you need to work on this gossiping thing. You know, you can't be telling me all about other people's business like this. And so she needed to listen and make a change. I love what Proverbs 15, 31 through 32 says. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home. Oh, it went way off my screen up there. <laughs> you will be at home among the wise. There it is. <laughs> if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. I hope you guys caught the main points of the verse. So how many of you want to be wise? Let me see your hands. There you go. This verse tells us that one of the ways that we grow in wisdom is by listening to constructive criticism, to listening, by listening to correction. You can learn from anyone if you have a true heart to receive. Now, in my own life, there have been plenty of opportunities to uh, learn and grow from constructive criticism, but there's one that really stands out in my memory that I want to share with you guys. I think you'll enjoy this. So, several years ago, when I was an intern here at 5979, I, there was a fellow intern... And she told me that I was bossy. Now, I could not believe this when she told me this because, a little background, so I'm a CS personality. And so one of the things that that means is that I value being nice and people to like me. And now this girl who was telling me that I was bossy, she was a D personality, which is most associated with being direct 
and bossy. So I thought she was the bossy one in the situation, not me. So anyway, fast forward a couple years ago, going on two years this December, I got married. Woot, woot. Life is good, loving it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, as our marriage, you know, kind of took off, started two years ago, it came up at one point, Sabrina told me that I was bossy. Now, this had never come up when we were dating, but it became a clear issue in our marriage that I was a bossy person. So, as difficult as it was, I eventually accepted the fact, all right, this is two women that have told me I'm bossy. I, I value my wife's opinion. So, I was like, all right, I, I accept it. So, I started to work on it, acknowledge the fact I'm a bossy person, something I needed to work on. So I listened to and made a change. I listened to the constructive criticism my wife was offering me. I'll also throw this out there just so you guys can know. If I slip up and I'm bossy to any of you guys, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. I'm working on it. All right, just give me some grace. Can you guys do that for me? No, Nick, please. I'll take you out later, all right, man? So, all right. So I know Nick. He's awesome. So if you have critical people in your life, Occasionally, you need to listen to what they're saying and make a change. And because if there hasn't been some things in 2018 so far that you have changed as a result of constructive criticism, guess what? You're missing out on opportunities to grow. Just like I missed out on an opportunity to grow until God sent my wife, set me straight. All right, so how should we respond to critical people? Often, don't respond. Sometimes, Respond carefully. Occasionally, listen and make a change. And our final thought for tonight is always work to guard your heart. Why? Because we don't want to be the people. We don't want to be the ones with a critical spirit. We need to take a good look in the mirror to make sure we're not doing to others what we don't want them want done to us. We don't want our words to be destructive. We want our words to be good and life-giving. And it can be hard to recognize that we're the ones battling a critical spirit because critical people think that they are right in their criticism, which a lot of times, sure, they, they probably are. But that's not the point in the situation. Can you believe what she's wearing? Mm. My teacher is such an idiot. My parents, they are clueless. She is just so full of her selfie, selfie, selfie. Man, nothing but selfies on their page. I mean, I'm just being real. I'm just being honest. I'm just saying. I'm just keeping it 100. I don't know why everyone laughs when I say that. Junior high laugh too. Pastor Daniel thought it was good for me to include it. So, <laughs> so. I tried, all right? I, whatever you're laughing, I tried, all right? So. <laughs> all right, we're back now. This, is, this has been an interesting sermon for the books. <laughs> Often, we have no idea until we stop and take a good look in the mirror just how critical we can be. Now, I will say that some people have a harder time with this due to their personality, C personalities in particular are naturally very critical. It's one of the things that the C stands for. How many of you guys would be honest enough to say, I'm naturally a very critical person? All right, I see some hands that should be up that are not up. So, <laughs> all right, so 
I, my hand is up. I am a very high C personality, so I will own that for myself. Now, for us C's, those of you that raised your hand, this doesn't mean that we're off the hook. All right? It means we have to work harder than maybe other people do to not fall into criticalness. But other personalities deal with it too, so it's not like a C-only thing. So, Now, just for transparency's sake, I'll share some real quick uh, two areas that I am most prone to be critical in. So just to kind of give you guys an idea. So if somebody shares a plan or idea with me, my default is to go and look for the holes in that. For example, so you plan to be a movie director. That's cool. But you have no experience with film, acting, or creativity. Hmm. Not too sure about this. You're going to be an engineer, but you're not good at math. Okay. All right. You're going to play professional sports, but you didn't make the school team. I'm not too sure about that. <laughs> so I have had to work to start with the positives, to ask questions, instead of just launching right into criticism. Another area that I'm prone to criticism is people who can't seem to get it together. I think you guys are going to know where I'm going with this, but I'll just give you a couple examples anyway. All right, So it's the second week of school, and you're already failing all of your classes. Come on, dude. <laughs> get it together. <laughs> You're struggling with purity, but you're staying up late, watching stuff with sexual content, movies with sexual, uh, come on, man. You're trying to live this Christian life, live in holiness, but you're still hanging out with those friends that you know are doing those things that you ain't supposed to be doing. Come on, come on, get it together. So, but I've had to check myself to give grace, because the issue in those moments really isn't them is me. My critical heart is always the result of either pride, ignorance, or a hurt. So what do we do to overcome a critical spirit if that's something we're dealing with tonight? Pastor Vaughn talked about this last week. We have to become established in our identity in Christ. We have to know what we are called to do. Because when we know our identity in Christ, when we know what we're called to do, we don't have to tear down others to make ourselves feel better. You see, we're not called to be anyone else's judge. We are called to love others. There's enough negativity in this world. We don't want to be a voice of discouragement. We want to be a voice of encouragement. We don't want to be someone who's looking for something that's wrong. We want to be someone who's looking for something that's right. If you want to look for something to criticize, you can find that anywhere. Any fool can criticize. But if you want to look for good, if you want to see God working, you can find that even in difficult situations. It takes a truly wise person to put, who's willing to put in just a little bit extra effort to choose to find the positive and to speak life. God calls us as his people not to criticize, but to speak life just like he does. Yes, we tell the truth, but we always do it in love. And if someone has something critical to say about us, if we can learn from it, we do. And we change because we recognize that we haven't arrived yet. But if it's just an attack of the enemy, then we 
overlook it. We, we don't respond. We don't engage. We choose instead to overlook it. So how do we respond when people are critical? Often, don't respond. Sometimes, respond carefully. Occasionally, listen and make a change. And always work to guard your heart. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this amazing group of teenagers. I thank you uh, for this word that you've given us in this moment. And Lord God, I just pray that it'll uh, go deep into the hearts of the hearers and that it'll bear fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name.